that's the biggest problem we run into constantly where our best guests sometimes have had the worst equipment yeah. and it's ended up being like an episode that I'm not happy with. Welcome to the Future Tribe podcast, where we're all about taking your future to the next level. Whether it is interviewing guests or unpacking strategies, you know we will be talking about getting things done and backing you, a fellow optimistic go-getter. And now, as always, here is your host, the formidable, fortunate and highly favoured, Jermaine Muller. Hello, Future Tribe. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. On this episode, we're doing something, again, a little bit different. Um, I've got Hayden Fitzgerald with me. How are you today, Hayden? Yeah, real good, Jermaine. Real yeah, good. Thanks for joining. Um, this is a bit of a special sort of episode. I know we had a special episode about, what would it be, seven or eight episodes ago? With yeah, the, yeah. With sort yeah. of celebrating the big 5-0, the half century. Um, but on this episode, we're actually celebrating a year since we started the podcast, which is um, been awesome and you've been there from the start yeah um it's it's all about i guess talking looking back into the podcast itself um podcasting in general mm. um and then um i mean we'll start it off with talking about what we do at future theory um the podcast for us was really another way of marketing it's another medium like i mean everyone's familiar with videography podcasting's taking on its own sort of thing around the world but not so much in australia yet i feel like um i feel like podcast consumption is still really big in australia but yeah. in terms of podcast creators no a lot of people or a lot of podcasts i listen to don't actually get created in australia yeah so it's sort of we are consuming a lot of international podcasts a lot which of american I, which i guess is true for a lot of like entertainment media but especially for podcasts i would say yeah it's it's and, and you know podcasting has started to really hit mainstream in the last year or so with spotify purchasing anchor and joe, joe rogan signed yeah, on with so joe rogan signed i believe it was a 200 million dollar deal to basically go exclusive with uh spotify which is pretty common i mean other podcasts entertainment ones specifically have signed pretty big deals like that so yeah it's not surprising but it is interesting to see like a dollar tag put to you know mm. the worth of podcasts and yeah it's interesting for the creators it definitely gives a lot of you know power to them and how much they can expect to get from ad revenue and stuff but we'll get all uh, get into that, into that yeah, a little bit later on but uh i guess before we get into it the big um thing that we want to talk about was at Future Theory, we do we do marketing, we build websites. We're always looking and experimenting with what's coming up or what's next, and trying to, I guess, be as much ahead of the curve as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of that is is just the importance of marketing, obviously being being so marketing focused. And the podcast was one of those attempts. Um, and I just wanted to mention before we, I guess, really roll into it that we're at the moment actually hiring for a marketing um, and communications coordinator internally um, or looking for someone who's who's going to help us internally as well as engage with clients. So this episode goes out Thursday morning um, and the deadline for applications is actually Friday um, afternoon or Friday close of business. So if you're listening to this and you enjoy podcasting, um, you enjoy just marketing, please, uh, we'll have a link in the description check it out and please apply. But that's a nice segue into talking about podcasting more specifically in our 
we're celebrating a year since we started the podcast. It's I feel like we've learned a lot in the last 12 months. Oh, yeah. Compared to where we were, like, to where we are now, it's night and day. Yeah. I I mean, I would hope so, at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you do anything for a year, you're you're at least all right at it. Yeah. I mean, we've we've started uploading videos to YouTube recently. Mm. Um, That was something that I meant to do a long, long time ago, but... Time is always, always the problem and it yeah. requires its own sort of videos onto YouTube is a whole other world, a whole other thing. Um, but I'm glad that we finally hopped onto that. Um, but over the last 12 months, um, how's it, how's it been for you? Like what, what are some things you've picked up over the last 12 months, Hayden? Um, I think it's always interesting when you consume a type of media and then, you know, you end up creating it and, I think it would be the same as a person who critiques music or just listens to music generally and then tries to make their own album. I think you would look at your critiques from when you were just a consumer a lot differently and knowing like the process of it, what it takes from getting, whether it be a guest on or just, you know, recording something to then publishing it, to then promoting it, how, you know, complex that can often be and how time consuming it is it really gives you an appreciation for podcasting and especially the people who do it really well. Oh, like, I mean, there are a lot of podcasts, I think, who the podcasts that are quite simply put together. But to me, the biggest sort of appreciation is for those podcasts that like the storytelling ones where there's a lot of music, there's a lot of characters. I I think a good one, and actually I listened to it on your recommendation, was Business Wars by by Wandry. Yes, Wandry make a whole bunch of podcasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think what I appreciate about these podcasts is a lot of, they actually have people who, who, their whole job in terms of podcast production is literally just researching topics. It's, you know, doing the informational deep dive to get an interesting story. Fact-checking, stuff like that. To be able to tell a story that, could, could be done in five minutes over a five-hour podcast. And whether or not you like that is sort of subjective. I know a lot of people, that's sort of why they don't like podcasts because they are a bit long-winded. But, yeah, I mean, I say all that to say it's been really interesting being on the other side of that and seeing, you know, how hard it is to reach that level of podcast production or content oh, creation. I general. mean, you know, obviously we, are, we continue to strive to be as, as good as we can, but, like, you put in... 10 hours a week Mm. into it Mm. um i put in a few hours on top of that it is it's a lot of work but let's talk about the pros of i mean we we knew that it was not going to be easy we didn't we didn't sort of pick podcasting because we looked at all these different marketing channels and mediums Mm. and thought oh this one will be the easiest to get into Mm. but we also identified a lot of positives. I mean, you're a podcast consumer, like a really avid consumer. Yeah. I am the same. So we obviously identified some pros. And I think it would be unfair not to speak about just how the, the, the positives around podcasting. For me, for example, is that you can listen to a podcast like a lot of people used to listen to radio, just as sort of a thing in the background. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, it changes depending on how informational the podcast is, Mm. um, where you want to sort of cling to every single word. But while driving, for example, um, a lot of podcasts, yes, they have ads, but if you compare radio ads and podcasting ads, Mm. I mean, 
30 minute podcast might have one or two ad breaks that you can skip like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? which you can't on radio yeah yeah <laughs> so i mean that's a huge positive for me is that you can just consume it while you're like traveling to work and, and that's a big thing right i think for me i learn the best by either watching something or listening to something um i should be a bigger reader than i am unfortunately i'm not so the best way to keep updated with news to learn about specific hobbies to you know all that sort of stuff is as you said you know on my 30 minute commute to work to put it on get someone who's an expert to give me the synopsis of it give me the layman version of what's going on Mm. and i stay informed and you know you can talk about it somewhat authoritatively with a person in your life yeah yeah i think i mean i've meant to do this sooner and i and i'm gonna do it tomorrow but I think it's the New York Times do like a condensed sort of this this day's worth of news. Mm-hmm. That's one thing that I I been I've been meaning to consume. I try and do that on YouTube, but the benefit with uh, podcast is that it's just uploaded, condensed audio. Um, I do it on YouTube, like I said, but you know that that's driven around video, so it assumes that you can look at graphs or look at things. Um, yeah. So. That, for example, is just a quick way of, in my driving to work, mm. getting all that info yep. straight off the bat. Yep. Um, what are some other positives that you can think of? Um, I think a positive, and this is sort of true, I think, of a lot of media now in the internet age, is you can really find things that that appeal to you. Like, if you have a niche in- interest, right, you know, something that's not broad, you know, say you're into... Um, you're into video games, but you're not just into video games, you're into Nintendo games. And you're not just into Nintendo games, you're into this specific type of game. Like retro Nintendo yeah, games. Exactly right. Like there yeah. there will be podcasts about you know, it. About yeah. it. And you know, if you're into technology more generally, um, you know, there are podcasts out there that will give you deep dives into all the new tech that's coming out and get really into the weeds about technical specifications and stuff like that. And that's basically true with anything now. I mean, I think people have a misconception about podcasts that they are all either true crime podcasts or news podcasts. Yeah. But really, I think what I like about them is that, you know, if you're into, you know, electronic music, there'll be one that's talking about that. Just specifically for it. If you are into, you know, international relations and politics, like that part of the news, like there's something for you there. Yeah. And I I think that's a bit of like a pro and a con as well, though, in that, the barrier to entry is a little bit low Mm. for podcasting. Mm. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think for the last little while of doing this, what we've picked up is that, yes, you can start with a very low barrier to entry, very low cost, Mm. uh, very low time commitment. But to get it really good, it takes 10, 15 hours of of work per like one hour episode. Mm. Um, But I guess the, the con with that is that a lot of people also just do podcasting that's like recording off their phone. I've seen that comment happen a lot. Yeah. Um, or of people sort of saying, no, there's nothing stopping you from podcasting. Just pick up your phone. Yeah. So perhaps it takes a little bit of filtering. I mean, Anchor, for example, is a completely free hosting service. So mm. there are a lot of, there's that, that low barrier entry is a pro and a con in that you might get lackluster stuff. But simultaneously, you could actually uncover someone who's very insightful, informative with their information as yeah. well, I guess. I, I don't actually think it hurts the platform itself. I don't think that being flooded with bad podcasts just because of the law of averages, you know, in terms of how many good podcasts there are for bad ones is a bad thing. 
I think it just puts more impotence on Spotify and Apple um, podcast to really curate their stuff better. Mm. I mean, it's sort of like the App Store problem, right? Where it's like, yeah, the best thing about the App Store is that you have a hundred dollar development kit and you can create an app. But the problem that has is, you know, you create a really good app. How do you get eyes on it without paying for advertising, advertising or like specific App Store placement? So it does become... Yeah, I mean, it's a good issue. point. It's it's sort of the same with, I guess, a video. Everything. I'm sure yeah. there are bad YouTubers yeah, out there. Yeah. So yeah. That, is a, that is a fair point. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, I mean, in general, I think the low barrier to entry, I, I don't really am a big fan of it. I think it sort of takes away the power from traditional media outlets that, you know, typically want to create safe content that's very, you know appealing to a mass market yeah which stops the the niche stuff that you were talking about yeah yeah from happening exactly i mean like you can't make a business case for something very very niche but if your investments are very low but you're really passionate about it yeah well the business case isn't so difficult to make anymore um and perhaps yeah you just uncover someone who's really good at what they like who really loves 90s nintendo games yeah and talking about them is really insightful Mm. Um, so yeah, perhaps it's just so low barrier to entry that it creates sort of that benefit of, you can just hear from really awesome people. Yeah. 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 Um, I also think that low barrier to entry, the barrier to entry is so low that starting a podcast isn't that huge of an investment, which especially if you're, you're not just a single entity trying to create a podcast, like you are tasked with creating it for a company or something. I think that's why you can sort of justified a bit more because if you are like a com- like a company who's like you know thinking of it looking into it i mean you could get a podcast done for pretty cheap yeah like if you wanted to really strip it back and not make it like a whole yeah you, know, you can outsource the editing you can record it yourself yeah even if you hire someone you can probably get someone from like like a school kid almost to um hop on board um obviously you're not going to get a whole lot of quality but yeah. Yeah, it's cheaper than probably getting a videographer. I mean, video camera equipment alone, mm. or like video equipment, would be quite a big investment. Yeah, um, I think that's a decent segue into quickly touching on the equipment that we use. Yeah, um, I think the biggest cost for us has been this microphone, the HyperX Quadcast, <laughs> which we'll link to. Obviously, everything that we talk about we'll link to in the description, mm. as with every single episode. Um, the microphone was a big one. I think a lot of people would have a laptop or a device that they can record on. Yeah. I've heard of people recording, um, editing and recording on iPads, yeah. which, you know, even that, that again, lowers the rung of what you need. Like good luck editing a video on an, on a, on an older iPad. Yeah. Um, you could probably spend $1,500 on an iPad that could <laughs> edit video, but yeah, that's besides the point. So, um, talking about that sort of cost, it's again, quite, quite low, um, quite, quite, I guess, palatable because especially nowadays with COVID and Zoom calls, I've been using this awesome mic for Zoom calls and I've been told that I'm coming across really clearly and yeah. really nicely, which is, which is another benefit. Mm. Um, so I think you can justify that pretty well. And I would think that these sorts of like microphones would hold value pretty well. It's not like, you know, there's a new microphone every, every six months like you get with cameras and phones yeah. that then devalues a microphone like a good quality microphone is a good quality microphone yeah i mean that's the thing that's sort of the ideology i hold with podcasting where i don't think 
hyper good quality is very important. Like we're not sound engineers by any means. We are not like producing music that, you know, like needs to be... That is technically just beautiful. Yeah, because yeah. because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. But I think that getting your audio, audio to a certain level, to a certain acceptable level where, you know, you would listen to it as a consumer and be like, yep, this is fine. Like all the audio is like normalized. Like There's not too it, much background noise. Yeah, it's, it's not just like the annoying stuff that, you know, would indicate to a consumer or to a listener that ah oh, this is a pretty low production yeah venture maybe I'll come back when they actually put some money or time into it well if they've even lasted that long because yeah. it could just seem like you know a hobby like again I've heard of people I've heard podcasts of people you can tell that they've recorded on a phone yeah probably sitting in a car because you can hear sort of traffic going past mm. um and yeah that 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 maybe sends the wrong message mm. doesn't it. Yeah, it does. But I think what's funny about it, though, is like a lot of the big podcasts I listen to, and like these are huge podcasts, I won't like say them out by name, but like they record in a studio or record in a house. And you can hear like police sirens going off in the Mm. background. You can see quite clearly that there's like background noise. But they sort of leave it in because the voices are coming through clearly enough and they edit it live and yeah perhaps it's, it speaks for the authenticity does that is that how you sort of look at it or is it yeah yeah a I bit think, annoying i think well i think it's sort of what you you and i have discussed where it's like is the marginal benefit of me editing out like spending an hour trying to edit out this background noise worth the marginal like, yeah the cost. benefits of not hearing it yeah yeah it's like well the cost of me is going to take an hour to go through a hour and a half episode and like try to make the audio as good as possible is it worth that like you know my hourly wage to yeah you know to the consumer like that's sort of where you have to balance balance it out and it's like with video i think it's a bit more important because if you have like a poorly edited video and it really tells it it really does tell like Mm. and you can see the people who are content creative creators first and like edited second versus the other way around and I think with podcasts, like, like the content is key and having a microphone that's serviceable mm. is, like... Yeah, and don't get up. us wrong. I don't think you have to invest... Uh, I can't remember how much this was, but it was probably around $300, I want to say, or $400. Yeah. Uh, and that's Australian dollars. Probably, like, costs a third of that in the US or probably yeah. a quarter of that yeah. just because of the Australian technology tax. But... I think you can get very serviceable microphones for like twenty, thirty dollars, yeah, as long as you're smart absolutely. about it. Hop on, hop on Amazon, look for reviews. Mm. Um, I think the huge message here is that getting a dedicated microphone almost always is better than using an inbuilt microphone. Yeah. Um, whether that's in earphones or whether that's in on a device. Yeah. Um, and yeah. that's that's a, sort of a nice segue into two different points that I want to make that you've picked up on is. Mm. People, guests who hop on um, podcasts with a microphone um, on, on like an inbuilt mic yeah. and they type away and you can you sort of hear that sort of really boomy thudding sort of yeah. noise. Yeah, I mean, that's sort of the most, the most disappointed I've ever been like creating the podcast has been when we have a guest on, they're awesome, they're really enthusiastic, great content, great talking points, but they've gotten like a wired iPhone headphone as like, you know, their audio source and they've forgotten that to like take out like the, you know, the voice, what would you call it? Like the voice like input. Yeah. 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 Like from the little, from the microphone, from the microphone. 
and so the audio is terrible. And it like and it and they they it like bumps into their clothing or, or their, like beard. Brushes their beard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and oh. it, it just creates like annoying static, and so I think that's like a big problem because obviously we're a guest based show. That's the biggest problem we run into constantly, where our best guests sometimes have had the worst equipment yeah. and it's ended up being like an episode that I'm not happy with just because I know how Literally. good it could have been. Especially given the quality of content, like yeah. you're saying, like just awesome value, but they've just missed out on those things. And there's a there's a limit because, again, we could talk about like a lot of your time is also spent trying to get guests on mm. the podcast, mm. especially being more Australia focused now. We've found that people aren't, it's not that they need to be like really, really convinced to come on, but they're much less familiar with it. And um, it takes a bit more work to find guests and then find good quality guests. Yeah, I think like two things on that point. I think coronavirus, funnily enough, has been the best thing to happen for the production um, of our show just because we do guests, um, we interview guests over Zoom. Mm. And now that Zoom has been pretty much adopted by every workplace um, imaginable, people are more familiar with it. They understand what, you know, makes good audio on Zoom, what equipment they should be using, et cetera, et cetera. But I think like even bigger than having the good equipment is finding a guest who actually wants to come on your show and talk to you about the things that you want to talk about. And it's yeah. not just in a for self-promotion. I think one piece of advice if you are running like a guest-based show is to really vet the people who are coming on like really well like and so if you're going to like a podcast guest group uh and you know you'll get hundreds of responses from people who want to come on but a lot of them are people who have like you know content marketing firms and all they want to do like like a new book coming out a new book coming out etc and all of their appearance is basically a thinly veiled advertisement for the product they're trying to shill. And it's really hard to determine sometimes because that's how these guys, these guys are really good at it. Yeah, I mean, they know what they're doing. This yeah. isn't sort of the first time they're trying to convince a podcast manager or a podcast producer that they deserve to be a guest. Yeah, I think what's interested me is like where we've booked in an episode and then I get an email saying, hi, Jermaine, I'm looking forward to this episode with us. With us. Um, these are some questions you might want to ask me. And I'm like, and, and I get that. I get that if you're inexperienced or not so confident, you'd just say, fair enough, Hayden, thank mm. you. I'll ask those questions. Mm. But you've got to be really careful in vetting them. I mean, my response has been, thank you. I appreciate that. Just as, just so you know, here's a list of the questions that we will be discussing. Yeah. You know, I might try and ask some of those questions, but only if it makes sense, only if it's logical. We're not a platform for you to market. Um, I think there are, I've heard of podcasts that, and and fair enough, but there are podcasts that charge money to be on the episode just because they can, I guess, and they have the reach. You've got to be careful, I guess, both sides, that the guest isn't um, just trying to promote something and the podcaster just isn't trying to make money because Mm. I think podcasting, and touching on niche stuff as well, like, it's almost a passion project, I think. Yeah, I think for some people, but I think you touched on an interesting point where it's sort of like the value exchange where if a big guest is coming on your show, should they expect some money back from you or vice versa if you're going on their show with a you know, huge reach? Yeah, should you like, be paying? 
I mean, but it is interesting because uh, there was a, a music game, uh, uh I forget his name, and he was basically saying that a lot of young artists now will refuse to go on podcasts or stuff like that unless they're paid money. Right, like right. They, they won't go on a Joe Rogan experience unless they see some of the ad revenue or basically show revenue uh-huh. from that. And, the, and, you know, there's like a big discussion about that because basically you got one camp saying, that's right, if you're a guest-based show, like this is basically... Well, if you're sort of leveraging the guest's reach mm. for your podcast's growth, yeah, fair enough. But the other camp is sort of saying that you'd be stupid to you know, forego an opportunity to go on, like, the Joe Rogan podcast because, like, you've seen people like Jordan Peterson and these other guys, like, make full careers out of being, you know, featured on these platforms and then be able to, like, monetize that. Leverage that and grow that. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, it is interesting. Maybe it's it's a sign that podcasting is sort of reaching prime time that... Because the beauty with podcasting is that it's a a funny one because it's not like... Low, it's low barrier to entry. Mm. You can, it's it's audio. There's not like one authority on it, and that's why I think Spotify invested so much into podcasting. Yeah. Um, because they're trying to become the authority, but no one sort of claimed it. Like for video, you go to YouTube. For like short text stuff, you go to Twitter. Yeah. Uh, for everything, you go to Facebook. For yeah. images, you go to like Pinterest mm. or Instagram. No one owns. I, I, I'm sure some people would say, oh, you know, Apple Podcasts, but... Not really. Not really. Yeah. Like, it doesn't really, like, own... Because this, because Apple Podcasts is just a way to... It's almost the the vehicle and not, not the originator of mm. podcasts because podcasts are hosted with podcast hosts. Yeah, exactly right. And I think Apple <laughs> is funny enough because, like, just like the App Store, they've sort of fallen ass backwards into becoming the premier podcast like hosting platform just like they did with the app store where yeah. it's like they have put no effort into making it the best place for creators they have put no effort into making it the most optimized way to like grow your audience they've just said hey our platform is the most ubiquitous like here's a podcast app like you'd be yeah. stupid not to not to distribute be on, it. on our platform mm, mm. like it's just sort of fallen into it i mean there are signs that like apple for example uh, this is a thing it's always a war right like google owns search for example yeah like you want to search something, you go to Google. Mm. Um, it, there's always these battles like browser wars. There's always battles to become the place for something. And Apple, from what I've heard and what I've read and what I've seen, is, is trying to become the place for podcasts. I personally, I mean, one big flaw with it is that, like, I have an Android phone user. Yeah. Straight off the bat, there's no there's no Apple app, Apple Podcasts yeah, app. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think they are they're silly not to just make an Apple podcast app yeah. for Android. Like, what stops them from doing that? And mm. then just look at Apple podcasts, like you said, as a distribution channel, mm. not as one of the ways to listen to podcasts if you're on an iPhone. It's a whole channel mm. in and of its... Like, like iTunes was for a long time. Like, yeah. people used to, like, launch on iTunes. Yeah. Like, that that was it, you yeah. know? You sold your song for $1.99 or $0.99, or 99 cents, mm. sold an album for nine ninety nine or whatever it was, mm. and they did a really good job of that. And I, I think they're perhaps trying to do it, but I think it speaks for the democracy of podcasting yeah. that someone like Apple or even Spotify haven't been able to just nail it down as their domain. Yeah, and I think the problem is, and I think maybe why Apple hasn't invested so aggressively as Spotify, 
is because really, in my mind, the reason Spotify is doing it, not to own the podcast realm, but because podcasting is intrinsically linked to their music platform, which is where they make the bulk of their money. So, like, the reason why Spotify pays so much money to get these exclusivity deals is, like, it forced me to download Spotify. Mm. I'm an Apple Music guy. Just because I've been grandfathered in, I don't really think about it. I get a cheap deal. It is whatever. But, like, I have to download it now. And now that I've downloaded the app, I'm one step closer to... Becoming a paying... Yeah, exactly. Spotify client. Because yeah, you, you don't actually have to pay Spotify to listen to podcasts. It's like part of their free version. You don't... Yeah, it would, I mean, it would be stupid because very few podcasts actually cost money to listen yeah. to. So yeah. you would just go to Stitcher or something if you wanted to just listen to podcasts. Exactly. So they're giving it to you for free. Yeah, and I think Apple, in terms of like the music industry which is, I think, way still and will continue to be way more lucrative Mm. than the podcasting industry because they're so synonymous with music that I think that they, that's not the avenue that they take to grow that side of their business. Yeah, yeah. I think they're much more interested in in working with artists, like music artists directly to get exclusivity deals on that front, to get, you know, albums released early. On on iTunes, yeah. But, you know, we'll see. It's like, I mean, I could be wrong. Podcasts could be, you know, yeah. take music in a while, but I just don't see that being the case. Well, yeah, I mean, music is a much older form of entertainment and, and podcasting, I guess, is a, like radio hasn't died despite podcasting, mm. I think, sort of competing against that. So I think there is an upper limit to it, though. I think like as in a limit to how much market penetration podcasting or listening to podcasts. Yeah, I mean, it's like. Joe Rogan is the no, not to keep bringing up this guy, but like, <laughs> well, he's the biggest podcast, but he's the biggest in the world. It's like he would generate a lot of money, like a, an undoubted lot of money. But like, you compare him to like Drake, yeah, in terms of like, yeah, yeah, Drake's like music career would be subsidizing like 20 artists who you all yeah. love, like, and you wouldn't even know it because he generates that much money for revenue, music. yeah, like, yeah. It's like Joe Rogan, it's like. I mean, $200 million in exa- like a Drake sort of money or Kanye sort of money yeah. isn't massive. No, it's not. Like It's it, big in podcasting. And that, that 200 mil would have been over a long period of yeah, time. Yeah, I believe it's... I, don't, I mean, don't quote me on this. It's above five years. I believe it's seven years. Right. So like, yeah. I mean, still a lot oh, of money, but like... Like, it's a lot of money. And that's not what we're talking down. It's just that in the grand scheme of things, especially when it comes to entertainment, yeah. which... Podcasting is, yeah. and I would argue that almost anything is these days is entertainment at the end of the day. Yeah. It's not It's not crazy. No. Um, no, definitely not. And like, but I think as, like, as I said, it does, it's interesting that that's now the ceiling, you know, just in the same way that like, if LeBron James gets a contract, like that now becomes the benchmark for this is what the top, you know, athlete gets paid. This is what the, the top world, basketball yeah. player gets paid, you know. Yeah, and now that we have a figure for that, it's really interesting to see where the other chips sort of fall. Yeah, in terms of like, if Joe Rogan is worth you know twenty thirty million dollars a year, what does this show that you know pulls in five hundred thousand like viewers a month? Yeah, so, what sort of a do- dollar figure around that? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> podcasting almost shoots themselves in the foot because you can skip advertising. Um, I mean, yes and no. I think. You're right in the fact that it does stop you from doing that, but in the same way, like, you can skip YouTube ads. But YouTube, like, Google forces you to watch ads every once in a while as well. 
It does, but I mean, like, not the whole. You, you, ad, you can I guess, get ad blocker, so. like. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. I mean, say, I get. I guess as a, as a afterthought for all that, YouTube revenue has been sort of on on the downward sort of trend for creators. Um, yeah. For creators, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it. I think it does bring up sort of this interesting business case because i looking at us and the podcast that you're listening to at the moment Mm. this isn't a profitable like if we were looking at this solely as a business like expense and a return on investment um one it's very hard to tie a return on investment i think i think it's very we can't point to like a single client who said oh yeah i listen to your podcast that's why that's why i'm working with you um so you know looking at it look at direct sort of attribution i think it's not being it's not profitable yeah saying that that doesn't mean that i personally as the business owner don't value your efforts and value podcasting though yeah and i think that's sort of what i wanted to bring up at the top of the show it's podcasting in general there just because i think of how much of a time investment there is i mean you can like listen to 20 music artists in your phone in the same time that you listen to one podcast i mean there's just not enough hours in the day to listen to every podcast you may or may not be interested in and i think as a result a lot less people can do podcasting full-time or create a podcast for their company that's really like generating revenue but in saying that i think it does have a lot of like intangible benefits Um, oh for sure i mean one thing i've really enjoyed with it is just being able to reach out and talk to new people yeah understand new people from all over the world yeah. you mentioned that we do it on zoom that just literally means that geography or geographical uh locations yeah. don't matter yeah. um which is just really awesome yeah but i think like i think like you know speaking from your perspective as like a business owner like i feel like a podcast while yeah it is hard to judge the benefits that it's giving you directly in terms of like you know, return on investment that you can, like, note down in, in like, accounting terms. Like yeah, this. yeah. But, like, just quickly for, like, people at home, like, who might not know, like, there are a whole heap of, like, SEO benefits. Yeah, I mean, if you're transcripting from... the podcast, um, for example, yeah. um, you use Descript. Yeah, Descript. Um, Were you happy scribe for a little bit? Not so happy with them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, nah, but they... Descript was definitely like a step up and Descript actually gives you some audio and video editing capabilities like in the app so you can sort of kill two birds with one stone. Saying that we also use Audacity which is completely free. Completely free. To Um, record and edit. Yeah and I'm pretty sure the Adobe suite if you have that actually has Adobe Audition. Yeah. Which is an audio tool. Again really cheap to do a lot of this stuff and it can have a lot of benefits and if you're like a big brand that has you know a plugged in consumer base that you can sort of like launch a podcast off it's really a good way to become sort of an authority in your industry and sort of be known as like a yeah like the trusted source of information i mean i was talking to my mate who basically works at a paralegal as a law firm and he eventually wants to like work at the law firm full time and he's like sort of been tasked with um creating their podcast as well so oh right wow yes i was talking to him about it and I was talking about, like, how weird it is that, like, law firms and even, you know, consulting companies are, like, starting their own podcasts. But it does sort of make sense in the fact that, I mean, how many law firms besides, like, Malaganis, Edwards, Johnson, <laughs> yeah. can you, like, 
which which of you in Canberra you would know their ads? It's it's comedy. It's it's just TV ads. Yeah, I yeah. think I mean, they like, really own that. You but know, like one. I think that's it. Yeah, for me. I mean, oh, bloomers. They do. Um, yeah, 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 they do funny ads as yeah. well. And but these that's are like it. some of the best ads that like we've ever seen. <laughs> I think that's what it takes for you to know a law firm. Yeah. I mean, like I hope to never know like a law firm. Yeah, like, yeah, because it's never good news if you need a law firm. Yeah, but like if you start a podcast that sort of talks about the law industry in general, gives like tips on how to handle this, how to handle yeah, that, just like, the simple stuff. Yeah, yeah, you become like an authority within that world. You instantly your brand becomes more salient to consumers you it's more modern yeah and it's and it's a younger person's sort of thing right yeah um podcasting uh, yeah. but but older people can hop into it without any sort of high barrier to entry yeah um because good audio is good audio people listen to music people listen to radio yeah. all the time so it, it it really is a nice way to get into it and it's low investment high reward if you just continue that you can you know transcribe the conversations, which is really good for SEO, because when you post it on your blog, put the trans transcription. Um, that that's just an awesome way to get a whole lot of words that are still relevant. So you're not just coming up with sort of pointless words. Yeah. Um, that helps you focus in and target in on on specific topics. Yeah. And yeah, it just makes everything awesome. Yeah, and from an advertising perspective, if you are a person who is looking to advertise on a podcast, obviously Jermaine brought up a big problem that people can skip your ads pretty easily um but i think the counter argument to that is that if you're selling a very niche product like say you are selling a home security system right like where do you really advertise that where are your consumers going to you know see this whereas like if you listen to true crime podcasts every ad is like <laughs> do you want it easy to install a yes. like, security system and it's I like when do you brand. want a security system more than when you're listening <laughs> to like the golden state murderer and you're yeah. like, oh my god or like someone who's just like got burgled yeah yeah yeah. i mean if you're that that's a very good point you can really niche down like if you sell there's a lot of those retro small portable consoles coming out yeah that this nintendo this i'm sure this retro nintendo um gaming podcast that you we use as an example exists we don't know the name of it but i'm sure it has to exist yeah yeah, but what a way to you know advertise your product because your market's ready for that if you tell them you can use your cartridges and play pokemon again on the go well, good. Like that—that's just the best way to do it. If yeah. you're looking at Facebook or something like that, good luck. Yeah, I, and that's sort of the, the thing. Like, I think people default to these platforms that have a really widespread, but you have people who are just not interested in buying the stuff that you're selling. Like, and have become so numb to seeing like advertisements. Advertising. On there. It's sort of like, you know. Yeah, not, yeah. Just don't that, pick it up. I don't pick it up. Like, no. I, I when I watch or go through blog posts and stuff, yeah. or the internet, I miss advertising altogether. I yeah. just don't notice it anymore. So, um, yeah. I mean, on that note, we'll wrap up this episode of the podcast. Yeah. Um, thanks for joining me, Hayden. Yeah. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. It's been like like we said, twelve months. Uh, we look forward to seeing what we can do with this podcast. Um, and having better, more guests for you um in the future i think before we finish off one last thing uh, i want to talk about my favorite episode yeah i don't know if you have one but mine's been the quite recent one with jared from jared's tech yeah just because i love technology uh i'm a total geek inside and i love youtube i'm an avid youtube consumer and an avid podcast consumer so that's been my favorite episode um we'll link it in the description if you want to check it out how about you hayden what's been your favorite it's a hard one, but I would have to say the episode we did with Pip 
I don't oh, want to say yeah. her last name because I yeah Rasmussen yeah Rasmussen yeah. so she's we'll link that one as yeah well. we'll link that one she's basically a person who sort of like maneuvered her way into like the presenting uh, music host sort of industry which is very hard to get into if you've ever like you know even thought about it yeah yeah because again like not to bring up another mate but like a mate is trying to like basically do that and he said it's like extremely hard and he Mm -hmm. sort of like got everything riding on like an internship that he's doing right so for free yeah yeah with hopes that it converts free like internship with like spotify that he could like sort of finagle into something else but (laughs) like it's just interesting to see like how she talks about that space because i feel like not all there's not a lot of like actual like information about how to get into it, get in, follow that yeah, career path. Yeah, then, you know. Nah. So that was like an awesome episode, and Pip's like real good on the was real good on the camera. Was real yeah. good like talking. You can tell that she's got experience. <laughs> yeah, and she was just super cool lady. So yeah, yeah. that was probably lady. I'm I'm not sure that people would like to hear that. A that super cool yeah. person. Super cool person. I take super it back. cool chick. Yeah, there yeah. we go. <laughs> awesome. Cool uh, that queen. was very lame, but we'll, yeah, yeah. we'll leave it at that. Thanks for listening, guys. Um, as always, uh, everything's going to be in the in the description down below. We'll see you next episode. Thank you for listening to the Future Tribe podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a review on your podcast app. 